realfaith.org.au My sister had become a, a Christian and she had been a heroin addict. Well, her and my brother took me to that church and I did the same thing and about a month later I got baptised in water. The pastor made a, a large mention of the fact that I was in LRB, so I was a bit of a celebrity in the church and I was quite embarrassed about that. So I went home and I looked up at the ceiling and I said to God that if you're there, and I don't believe that you are, but I'm just letting you know that I'm never going back. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scatterbo. That's the song Help It's On Its Way by the Little River Band, or LRB, one of the most successful Australian bands of all time. And joining us once again is the bass player on that song and other LRB songs, George McArdle. Welcome back to the program. Yeah, thank you very much, Eric. It's great to be back. Okay, and we're having you share your story. And last time you were talking about the peak of LRB success, this song that we just heard Mm -hmm. and other things. Uh, Well, tell us, what was like the peak for you? What, What did you most enjoy? when you were with LRB? Yeah, um, it's funny because you would expect playing in huge stadiums. Yeah, that's what you'd think. It was not. No. Because um, a lot of the stadiums, apart from being um, affected by weather, Mm -hmm. they're football stadiums and uh, they're concrete boxes. Oh, not acoustically uh, ideal? A a nice nightclub with acoustically with curtains on the walls. Mm-hmm. It was always mo- a lot more enjoyable, but uh, the big stadiums were often uh, acoustically really bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of reverb, echo, you know, just bouncing back in your face. But And the people in the back rows, are they even paying attention? <laughs> yeah, it was, you know. But obviously there'd be a lot of money in those mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. uh, venues. But, um, you know, we, we toured with... Um, Bands like Fleetwood Mac and the Beach Boys and Santana and and this uh, is the late seventies when all these groups are yeah, very big yeah uh, the list goes on mm-hmm. you know and, um, I remember with Santana Carlos Santana would often come to the side of the stage when he knew I was going to play one of my bass solos I played two bass solos mm-hmm. during the concert performance every night and he he would be standing there and he'd put his thumb up as if to say yeah. Uh, well done, you know. That's not yeah. too hard to take. No, and he, he he became a bit of a fan of mine. When um, when I left the band, he was interviewed on, on a, a radio show here in Australia. I think the question was, who was your favourite bass player? And he said in response, if I could have any bass player mm-hmm. in the world, in my band I'd have George McArdle from LRB. So, um, so you're being recognised in the industry. I mean, that's a I high was, compliment. Yeah, I was. You know, I was um, always tried to go above and beyond Mm. you know my ability and i was studying and practicing all the time i wouldn't go out not so much partying but uh sightseeing Mm. i'd stay in the hotel room and i'd have a base there and my books and he he could see that carlos santana i'm referring to and uh, i was a serious musician he 
and he organised for me to come to his venue, Boondle Stadium in Brisbane, and we met, and he took me into his inner sanctum and introduced mm. me to all the guys in the band who were the who's who. Oh, know? wow. And he said to me, you were far... He said, LRB was a great band, you, but you were head and shoulders above them as a world-class musician, and I consider you one of my peers. That's what he said. Of course, he's... Uh an internationally known guitarist, yeah. you know, legendary, yeah, in rock circles, yeah. So that's a pretty high compliment. It was a high compliment, and uh, I took it quite seriously. Mm. And what are some of the big hits from that era? Uh, we talked about reminiscing, reminiscing, Help happy anniversary, help is on its way, lady. Mm-hmm. Which is not one of my favorite songs to play. Is that right? Yeah, it oh, was I, one of I those grew songs. Up with that one. It was one of those songs where I would think, okay. It'll be over in a few minutes. <laughs> not, not every song in a in a repi- concert repertoire is your favorite. Is your favorite? You're doing them every night or nearly yeah, every night. Yeah, so yeah. You, ha- you have your favorites. And what was your favorite? Well, "Light of Day" mm. was not a single, but it was a great concert song, and it would go for about eight minutes. Oh wow! It was you know it was really got the jam on that one. Yeah, we did, and I loved that song. I loved playing it. There was a mm. bass solo in the middle of it, and. Long drawn out guitar solos. It was terrific. <laughs> Which is not what LRB was known for. It was more well, kind vocally. Of road. Vocally, yeah. it was a uh, vocal extravaganza. The vocals were magnificent, as mm-hmm. were as they were on every song. It was really a vocal band. And I've, I've, in my latter years, I've grown more and more to appreciate the gift that those guys brought to the band as well. When I joined, I was all about I was very um, uh, tunnel visioned. I was still just listening to. Jazz fusion music, and, mm-hmm. but I've that's kind of a, a musician's music, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But in latter years, I've come to appreciate how skillful and talented those guys mm-hmm. were. Glenn was the lead singer. He's mm-hmm. just such a talented musician. You know, mm-hmm. plays great piano. He's got a golden voice that everybody knows and recognizes and loves. And this was the first time an Australian band had top ten hits in the United States and other countries. I think so. I think so. And uh, I, I, I'm not so familiar with those sort of statistics. I read it somewhere, so it's got to yeah, be true. That's, <laughs> that's right. You hear all these accolades and you, you know. Oh, but you're you're de- going well, okay. <laughs> well, we definitely did have top ten hits. I think we had a number yeah. one with one of those songs. But um, whether we were the first Australian band to do that, I'm not sure. I mean, the Seekers had already... Well, I, I think it was uh, the first Australian band to have a top ten hit for six years in a row. Yeah, I've heard that. that. That's, yeah, that's what it was exactly. Sure. Yeah, that was so not true. too shabby. That, yeah, that's right. We drive down Hollywood Boulevard, and there'd be these massive big billboards on top of buildings. So, what was that like for you? Well, um, for me, it was all a bit hard to comprehend coming from my background, mm. and uh, I never played the pop star. Really, I was. I was uh, more of a, a serious musician wanting to excel at what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not a pop star. And and uh, my own family used to say that about me. George, you've never changed. You're still just George. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. You, you didn't really get into being a star? And no. All that. And at one stage we were touring the UK and two of my mates had come to uh, the UK. They were living in London. And they came on the road with us. We toured the thing by bus. Mm-hmm. And I had Bill and Mark from Brunswick <laughs> sleeping in sleeping bags in my motel room <laughs> on the floor every night. And they, we just had fun. You yeah. Know? It's terrific. 
So it didn't go to your head? I don't think so. No. My family didn't think so. They knew me better than mm-hmm. anybody else. Okay. So um, it's all going fantastic. Yeah. Peak of fame. Mm. Wonderful. Right at that peak, you decide, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why would anybody leave such a successful group? Yeah, I was banking big checks, lots of money. I owned my own home when I was 21. No mortgage. Wow. wow. You know, didn't buy it outright. Yeah. But I paid it off in 12 months. Wow. With the checks I was getting. Living the dream. Yeah, I was. I, I had a brand new Range Rover parked out the front. But it was a really nice home, three-level, split-level place. And uh, one night I was... I'd been to church that night with my brother and sister. My sister had become a, a Christian, and she was... Mm. Uh, she had been a heroin addict. Mm. And she responded to uh, a call to ask Jesus into her heart to be her Lord and Savior, and she did that. And she... God touched her that night, and mm. she walked away from the front of that church without any withdrawal systems, and she never, I won't say never touched the heroin again, she did fall back into it, mm. but initially she had no um, no after effects mm. or withdrawal symptoms. So that must have got your attention. Well, her, her and my brother took me to that church, mm-hmm. and I did the same thing, and about a month later I got baptized in water. And he, the pastor made a, a large mention of the fact that I was in LRB. So I was a bit of a celebrity mm. in the church, you know. And I was, I was quite embarrassed about that. And I, Is that I, right? Yeah, I don't know why. Well, you didn't want the attention? No, I didn't want the attention. I'm second-guessing the reasons why mm. he did that. So, But I, I didn't want it because I wasn't sure at that stage whether I wanted to belong to that church mm. or any church. Mm. You know, and uh, I, I didn't want the spotlight on me. Mm-hmm. So I went home and I looked up at the ceiling and I said to God, and that's all he was, God, at that stage, I said, if you're there, and I don't believe that you are, but I'm just letting you know that I'm never going back. And I went to... Whoa, 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 wait a second. You had accepted Jesus as your saviour. Yeah. But after the baptismal service where I... I um, I mean, when I went down in the the tank, the mm. water tank, yeah. he said, what's your favorite song you'd, you'd like us to sing? And I said, I don't have one. And he said, um, do you want to say a few words? And I said, no. I just wanted to get it over and done with. Mm. And I did that, and I went home, and I just said to God, well, if you're there, I'm never going back. End of story. And I meant it. So it sounds like the attention that was being brought to you was it had kind a of negative. Turn- yeah, it was it turned me off. off. Yeah. It turned me off. But you... you Personally, you believed in Jesus. Well, I wasn't sure. I was going mm. along with it, mm. hoping. I'll tell you what affected me was the enthusiasm of the people that I was meeting who mm. were friends of my brother and sister. They seemed to have something mm. that I wanted. Yeah. They really did. And my brother and sister would take me out to meet them and we would go out for lunch. And I was pretty. I liked it, you know. Mm. Yeah. But uh, this night. I looked up at the ceiling and I said that to to God. I said, you know, I'm just never going back. And I went to sleep and he woke me up in the middle of the night. My bed was shaking like an earthquake. Wow. And he he filled me with the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know existed. As a matter of fact, his presence and power filled my whole bedroom. Then the ceiling opened up and I I had a vision of heaven. Mm. And I'm laying there looking into heaven and he spoke to me there. And uh, this is where my life changed. I went from being a cynical, 
unbeliever to um, a fanatic, an over-the-top fanatic mm. in the twinkling of an eye, you know. Now, when you say fanatic, is that in a good way or...? Well, I was at an extreme. I was mm. extreme. I, I went back to the band and told them I was leaving. Saw everything going up in smoke But I just turned and walked away Some people said I was just a joke But I still follow him today Our guest today once again is George McArdle, who was the original bass player with the Little River Band. Now, as we just heard, he decided to leave the group at the peak of their success, after he became a Christian. We'll find out what happened next in his life when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and once again, we're chatting with George McArdle, who was the bass player with the Little River Band back in the 1970s. Before the break, we heard how, at the peak of the group's international success, George decided to leave the band after he became a Christian. Now we're going to hear what happened next in his life. I did one more tour of the U.S. with them, and one by one, each of those guys came and asked me not to leave, not mm. to go through with it. There'd be a knock on the motel room door, and I'd open it, and Glenn came in, Glenn Shorrock, sat on the end of the bed, and we're chatting, and he, he said, listen, mate, I was in a religious cult in, in the U.K., and we used to wear white robes, and I grew a beard, and mm. I'd just eat brown rice, but I never left. I didn't give my music away. You don't have to go to that extreme. And he was probably right. Mm. I did so go why, to the So why did you leave? Because of that night. I just, in my heart, believed that this is too significant for me to just dismiss as, oh, well, that was good. Mm. What's next? Uh, God spoke to me. Mm. He showed me who he is. He showed me what heaven is like. And I just knew I could not dismiss it. I had mm. to follow it. So I did that one more tour of the U.S. The last show I did with them was at the Nambasa Festival in New Zealand. And uh, John Hartman from the Doobie Brothers, the drummer, Mm -hmm. was with us at that stage. And he played drums for us that night. And Derek played on the other side. I was standing in the middle between two magnificent drummers. And it was the best LRB ever sounded. We Mm. had two drummers playing in unison. And uh, I'm in the middle thinking, what am I doing? How can I walk away from this? But I did. I was just uh, in the valley of decision that night. The next day, we said goodbye at the airport, and I never played with them again. Hmm. It's tough. It's a tough decision. I went to Bible college for three years. I was going to say, did God clearly kind of lead you to what was next? 
I thought so at the time. And I, I went to Bible college, and I was, with the, uh, I was there for three years. I got filled with the Holy Spirit at Bible college. It's not something that's talked about a lot these days, but I was incredibly... I had another... It was just like in my room that night. His presence came again. I, I uh, was in a prayer meeting at Bible college, mm. and he came and did that. And um, again totally changed and I could see this is a, this is something that isn't a one-off mm-hmm. this is continuing to happen and it has throughout my Christian life you know and so that kept me interested mm-hmm. it was like another a little stepping stone mm-hmm. this is the way to go keep following this so I did you know and uh, from Bible college I um, I started doing what I'm kind of doing now, traveling around, telling my story. Mm-hmm. More about LRB back then. I had very little to share. I was very green. I've been a Christian for 45 years now. But back then I was a new Christian. And it was just, I was getting invitations from all the big churches mm-hmm. around Australia. Can you come? I like Western Australia, mm-hmm. Adelaide, yeah. Queensland, you know. And I would just tell my story. Mm-hmm. About LRB, and then the pastor would get up and wind it up and ask people if they wanted to do what I had done and ask Jesus into my heart, you know. And they would come out the front, and my my name and my story would, would get people along to the church, mm-hmm. and then he would take over with the pastor mm-hmm. and, and, and wind things up that way. So, this is where the Lord led you to be? Did you kind of see yourself doing this? No, I didn't, but it started when I was at Bible college. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I was invited up to Queensland to a big church, the biggest church at the time in Brisbane, and I didn't show up. I just, no? Well, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying that, um, the same reason why I didn't like what happened in the church in Melbourne. I was not enjoying it. I felt that I was falling apart inside, mm. and uh, it, it Opened a can of worms. What was happening inside? All those insecurities about who I really was mm. resurfaced. And I'm being made a fuss over. Even in LRB, I was just the bass player. You mentioned earlier that uh, bands, even famous bands, are still just faceless bands, really. Mm. People love the music, but they don't really know who the people are in mm. the band. Yeah. And I responded with, except John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And yeah, yeah. We both had a laugh. Well, that's true. Nobody knew who I was. Yeah. You know, so you had knows. that anonymity when you're part of that group, but now all of a sudden you're a big thing because you're a former member of LRB. Uh, bigger, um, big made more of a, the spotlight was mm. more upon me and you weren't uh, as a Christian that. than yeah. when I was in the band. I do the oh. odd radio interview. And how ironic. One, but one of the other guys would do most of the talking, mm. you know. And here I am now, the focus of attention. And I'm like, like here we are today. Mm-hmm. Sorry you know? to put you through this. but <laughs> No, but, you know, and it, th- some of these anxieties resurfaced. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't enjoying it. And I was invited up to, they paid my fare, and I'd, <laughs> I spent the day, I went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark and missed my flight. <laughs> so that was just kind of being rebellious, that, that this was not where you wanted to be. I was not being rebellious. I was scared. Mm. And it was a big church in Brisbane, and I was in Bible college in Katoomba in New South Wales. And I went down to Sydney with a friend, but instead of going to the airport, we went and saw um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. 
and I missed my flight. And I went back to Bible college and the principal greeted me at the front door. He said, George, get on that plane right now. They're a major they, uh, a major supporter of the college. If you don't show up, they're going to cut the funds. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it sounds like things were being done, but not always for the right purposes. Well, I don't know about the purpose, uh, but I, I, I got on the f- plane the next morning. No, that night hmm. I flew up. And I stayed at the Hilton at the at the airport in Brisbane, and I went to the church. There were two churches I went to the next day, mm. and the Sunday evening service was at the big church in Brisbane, and uh, I did my thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even own a bass. I I was so radically transformed. I'd given all my basses away. Mm. I sang a couple of songs that I'd written on a nylon string acoustic guitar. I don't know whether they were impressed or disappointed at my mm. presentation. But that's all I was allowing myself to do, mm-hmm. you know. I stayed away from my playing for, I think, nearly 20 years. Never touched it. Now, do you think the Lord led you to that? or? Yeah, I had to just put it down. Mm-hmm. I felt that, that when I would pick it up, it was too much of my old life would resurface. Mm. So I just wouldn't touch it. And I didn't own a bass. So I, a guy asked me to play. He was producing an album. And he contacted me, he was from South Africa, this guy, and he, he rang me up and said, would you like to play on an album I'm producing? Bass. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't own a bass. Wow. <laughs> I didn't own <laughs> this, a bass. This famous uh, bass player yeah. didn't own a bass. Yeah. So he went. He said, if I got you a bass, would you play on it? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, okay. He went to a shop and found a left-handed Ibanez bass, and I played that on this album, and he loved what I did. Mm-hmm. I was surprised how well I, I still played. Uh, weren't you a little rusty after all those years? You would think so. Hmm. You would think so. But, but it all came back? All came back. It was easy. Hmm. It was a Christian album, mostly old standard classic hymns. Mm-hmm. Easy to play. But he loved it. And I was doing some nice little melodic things. You know? hmm. He loved it so much that he went and bought the bass and gave it to me as a gift. And so I continued to play it. And I would just allow myself to play in church. But the the old George would resurface when I would play in the church band. What what do you uh, mean by that? I'd start showing off on the stage. Was there a little ego involved in that? Of course, yeah. And uh, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Hey, look at me. I used to be a big thing. (laughs) Yeah, but I had all this anxiety now that I Mm. associated with it. And I'd, I'd come home and I'd be saying, God, please forgive me for doing that today. Mm. And this continued to the point where I came home one night and I said to my wife, I'm resigning in the morning. I'm writing the music director. Resigning from uh, the, the worship, worship. team? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm so at that get... point, you were regularly playing on the worship team yeah. every Sunday? Oh, yeah. They didn't have a problem. It was me that had the problem. Mm. And I said I said to my wife, I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, she, the whole time we'd been married... I hadn't been playing anyway, so mm-hmm. it was, she couldn't have cared less, you know. So I went to bed that night, again, happy with the decision. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the middle of the night, like I did in my house mm-hmm. in Melbourne. His presence came into the room, flowing over me like rivers of living water. And uh, he spoke to me twice while I was laying in the bed. And he said to me, Who are you following? I said, You, Lord. And he said it a second time, who are you following? You, Lord. Then it lifted. And for days I was on cloud nine, just in a heavenly place, going to work, mm-hmm. but so impacted by that. 
And then eventually I realised why he asked me that question. And I never did write that letter. And I stayed on the music team. And obviously my feelings about my playing were not bothering him. And the really interesting thing about it was at the same time that he said that to me, the crisis in Africa was happening with the, the mm-hmm. in Rwanda and those places. The genocide. The, yep. the genocide. And it was on the TV every night. Mm-hmm. Bodies in fields mm-hmm. stacked three high and bodies floating down rivers without heads mm-hmm. and hands. And um, all that was happening and yet he spoke to me about something that in comparison was really trivial Mm. Mm. but it meant something to him and i never gave my music away and i've been playing ever since i gradually began to buy better basses than that one that i had and uh i recorded an album i've recorded two now and i i travel around to churches and i i do my presentation and my music's a critical part of it so uh, it was right Mm -hmm. of course he was right God wanted you to he keep wanted playing me your bass. Mm-hmm. And I practice regularly now. I've, I'm a better musician than I was at LRB by far. Mm-hmm. So it was a great thing that he said to me that night. That was part two of our three-part conversation with bass player George McArdle, who achieved fame and fortune with the Little River Band back in the late 1970s. But as we heard, he gave it all up after becoming a Christian and then went to Bible school. However, as we also heard, the troubles and insecurities from his childhood began to resurface in his life and led to many challenges. We'll hear more of George's story next time and more of how God has helped him get through those various challenges, including in his marriage and in his health. Until then, if you'd like to learn more about George and his music, you can go to his website, georgemcardle.com. That's georgemcardle.com. Once again, we invite you to join us again next time for part three of our three-part conversation with George McArdle the original bass player with the Little River Band. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.